0: Welcome to the Andrea Kay Show with a special guest host. He's brunette, five foot eight, two hundred pounds of cheese curds in khakis. Here he is, DJ Carrot Sticks.
2: San Diego. Well, I can cross that off my bucket list. I may not be asked to come back to fill in, but hey, at least I can cross that off my bucket list. Hey, this is Todd James, AK, DJ Carrot Sticks, fill in for Andrea K. I have to thank her from the bottom of my heart for giving me this opportunity. This is so awesome. But I couldn't do it by myself. Running the board and screening your calls is the one and only DJ Potato Skins.
3: He's six foot tall. 179 pounds in very nice pants, and the world's biggest Dodger fan, he's uh, DJ Potato Skin.
2: Uh, we got even more. Of course he had to throw in the Dodger fan thing, but, you know, that's okay. It's the last thing I can do, Is seeing as how we uh, kind of tanked it at the end of the season. Just as long as you don't take any of my calls. And speaking of calls, on the phone we have our first guest. His name is Austin Fleckus. He is a YouTuber and and he does these man on the scenes videos on youtube that've been seen hundreds of thousands of times. I'm real uh real excited for him to have on the have him on the show. Austin, welcome to the show.
4: Thank you for having me on guys. Please don't announce my weight on the air.
2: <laughs> we won't. We won't. Uh it's theater of the mind. It's radio so theater of the mind. But um so yeah, you've been doing these man art do you consider yourself a youtuber?
4: Uh yeah, I would say so. I didn't for a while but I kind of guess that you know that is my career now, so I guess I've unfortunately become a youtuber
2: and it's funny because for older people, my age and above, youtuber might have a negative connotation like oh what what is he oh he's a youtuber, but if you're my age or younger and are probably twenty years younger than me and you're a youtuber, you're famous, you're a big star,
4: yeah, all the kids love it, and I think a lot of the goals of the you know the young kids I encounter uh to be YouTubers themselves. I didn't realize how cool it was until like, I started getting recognized and people at the airport stopped me to take photos and stuff. So it has its ups and downs, but, yeah, I'm on the same wave as you. I didn't really have like a positive uh, thought of what YouTubing was until I really got into it.
2: Well, you really make the most of it, and you know, you're, you're kind of spreading a message that people don't necessarily get. You go to a lot of Antifa rallies and protests, and you do a man-on-the-street type thing. And most recently, you went to Kennesaw State, and I was going to do kind of a funny best of clips of all your other videos, but I, I focused in on this one because it seemed like there, in this video, there were so many truths um, and little clips that were really revealing on what's going on in colleges, campuses, and around the world. Um, so first of all, where do you find the courage to make these videos?
4: Uh, to be honest, I, I before the 2016 election, I felt like I was kind of just, you know, meandering through my life, trying to figure out what, exactly what I wanted to do. And once the election happened, and I saw the dishonesty from the mainstream media, and I saw the way that they were dividing the country, and how, you know, polar, uh, politically uh, divided we were getting, how polarized things were, I just almost felt like an obligation in a way to go out there and just do something to try to bridge the gap a little bit and ease the tensions and kind of fight back against what the media is doing to us.
2: So do you think in the last – so you've been doing it for about two years? Uh, two and a half, yeah, almost three years. Almost three years. Now, in the, since you've started this to now, do you think it's getting worse at these rallies at, on college campuses as far as someone speaking uh, op- opposing views?
4: Um, I think it is getting slightly worse, but the good news is the worse it gets, the more people start to pay attention and look at what's going on. And I truly believe in this case when it comes to free speech on campus. That the side that supports free speech is obviously going to win and is the truth. So when people start to see, you know, non non fringe types of people coming to campus to give speeches and people want to shut them down and call them Nazi, like in my video, I try to highlight all the people that wanted to shut down Michael Knowles at Kennesaw State, and they're going on and on about how he's hate speech, he's gonna, you know, he's violent, he needs to be shut down, he shouldn't speak. And then I ask them, have you ever seen one of his videos? And they say no. I don't even know. I never I don't even recognize the guy. If I saw him like a bunch of the people, I'd never even seen him before uh, before. So like, uh, the goal is really to engage people that are like apolitical, rational, but in the middle who kind of assume they're Democrats. Because I really want to engage those people, because going into 2020, it's going to be all about waking up the masses and having people realize the lies that have been told them by the media for so long.
2: No, that's that's very true. Um, I'm going to play this clip really quick. This is from Kennesaw State, and this just gives people an idea of what you have to deal with.
5: This is our entire zone.
2: Zone 2. Zone 2. Okay. So, oh, Please. got it.
4: Thank you.
6: Move outside of the
4: I'm uh, being very polite.
6: Well, this is not for discussion. So we are not well. holding interviews. No, no, I mean, I, if you register
4: no, a space. That that no got it. We have, like,
7: I mean, you can't interview people. It just
8: can't be I'm going up to
4: adults oh, yeah. and saying, do you want to talk on camera? And, just, and they say yes, and I say, okay, and I, I ask them questions. You guys face. don't speak for other people? No. I, don't, I don't get the sign.
8: Sign
7: doesn't get you, bro.
2: That's my favorite at the end. You go, I don't get your sign, and the lady goes, the sign doesn't get you, bro. But in all seriousness, this is scary. Here you are just you know interviewing people, being peaceful, and they don't even want you and this is a this is a public college, correct a state college yes so yes, it was. so you're on public property, and they're telling you you can't be in their zone
4: can't be in their zone because they want to protest Michael Knowles, and all I want to do is talk about it and like the you know the the end the end of the day, I'll probably never convince those you know radical leftists or whatever they are. To come around and like you know Michael Knowles or Donald Trump or whatever it is. but the people watching who haven't really made up their mind politically yet will tend to naturally not want to side with the, the kind of the crazies and the people that are trying to shut down free speech and getting violent I think they'll naturally just be like yeah, I don't really follow politics but you know that big Fleckus guy seems pretty cool I And mean, then I think that's the nudge we need to wake up a lot of the rational middle.
2: Yeah, and I think probably watching these videos, if any of these people get interviewed, go back and watch their videos. I think probably some of them would be embarrassed. Exactly. Um, If you're on the
4: right, it's entertaining. If you're on the left, it's embarrassing. And if you're in the middle, it's kind of like you have to make up your mind. Like, which side are you on? And for so long, the media has done it the opposite way, where everyone just assumes they're left and the right's the problem. And the reality, they just haven't shown what's really going on at these protests.
2: Yeah, there there was the one guy you interviewed, and, and you asked him about Michael Knowles and what he knew about him, and he said, well, I just didn't like the tagline on the poster. And he was, yeah. and he was and the he, guy I, that...
4: I mean, I, yeah, yeah, and then he said um, later that he was, you know, that he thinks political violence is a useful tool. Yeah, yeah. He's there to shut down free speech, he's willing to get violent, but he doesn't know what he's protesting, but he's protesting, you know, very passionately. It's kind of scary.
2: It is scary, especially if they're getting false information. Um. So uh, you did talk to one guy uh, on there that had like a Republican shirt, but he had it hidden under a sweatshirt. And he said, oh, do you have like a little Republican logo? And he goes, yeah, I can't show it. I'm afraid I'd get a milkshake in my face or hit over the head with a lock. So, and you even pointed yeah, yeah. out, you said, you know, you're being fascist to these people. They're against fascism, but they're being fascist. When you, you know, oppose another, uh, you know, opinion and you're forcefully not letting that opinion be told. I mean, that's part of the, definition of fascism
4: exactly and a lot of these people are protesting you know past injustices Um, a lot of them those past injustices justified a lot of the things that they're fighting for maybe did exist at some time but I think right now what they don't realize and I kind of point this to this in the video as well if you're a Trump supporter on a college campus wearing a MAGA hat I think you're more at risk for a, a violent attack than a person who's openly trans and going through like a transgender situation I think the more welcomed person on college campuses is probably the transgender person. I was trying to explain that to them where it was like, hey, guys, like I know you're opposing violence and bigotry and people taking away your rights. But you're kind of becoming the monster you fought against because you're becoming that against conservatives.
2: Yeah, it's too bad they can't take a step back and see that. But you did find... Yeah, they one...
4: started blowing the
7: whistle. <laughs>
2: yeah, no, that's true. There was one guy in the video that made a little bit sense. Um, and it's funny that he actually turned out to be an older guy, but here, here's something he said.
7: If any
4: place on earth should not be a, uh, a place where speech is squelched, it's a college campus. Uh, every idea, including dangerous ideas, should be addressed here, including calling out dangerous ideas such that people can see them for what they are.
2: Now, now, too bad that guy didn't say it louder for the other group to hear it, but he probably would have been ostracized if he did.
4: Yeah, exactly. That would have made him not progressive enough for the mob being for free speech. But, yeah, he agreed that college campuses have gotten completely out of hand. Like a school like Berkeley, which used to be like, you know, the front uh, lines of fighting for free speech and whatever, now is just completely gone to the wayside. And there's none of these college campuses, very few of them, are actually stepping up for free speech. And it's just like as if the kids don't really – know their history and know why it's so important. They kind of have this resentment of America because of what they've been taught in their classes.
2: Yeah, it's a very scary road we're going down. Um, we're, we're wrapping up here, but uh, what, what's one last message you'd like to give out to the people in general or about life or politics?
4: Um, the message I've been going with lately is, um, you know, you're never going to convince your far-left friends to come around to Trump or conservatism, but what you can do is engage your friends that don't follow politics you have enough in common with them if they can agree on certain things like the economy doing better, illegal immigration being a problem. Certain aspects are undeniably good, um, parts of the Trump administration. If we can convince them some things that are undeniably good, they won't be progressive enough for the mob. And that's the nudge we need to get them towards the right.
2: And that's so a great
4: political friends.
2: Great, great message. And I'm so glad I asked you to come on. And I'm glad you agreed. That's a Fleckus, Austin Fleckus from Fleckus Talks. That's F L E C C A S. Um, it's at Fleckus on Insta and Twitter, uh, on Facebook backslash Fleckus, Facebook backslash Fleckus. And subscribe to his YouTube channel, Fleckus Talks. Thanks again, Austin. Thank you. Coming up, coming right up, we've got, you know, Death of a Mascot. Can mascots survive in this PC world that we're living in? That and more here on the Andrea Kay Show.
3: Israel this is your opportunity with expert guides and important lectures at key sites we'll be together in the comfort and safety of luxurious accommodations the whole time join me for a life-changing adventure to give you a renewed sense of purpose an
10: extraordinary adventure to Israel can be yours join the stand with Israel tour with Dennis Prager and Mike Gallagher happening December 2nd through the 11th learn more today at the answer that's the answer sandiego.com
5: The Fed just lowered the rates for the first time in 10 years. Now's the right time to get you into the threes on a 30-year fixed mortgage and possibly into the twos with a 10 or 15-year. Joe Donahue here, mortgage specialist with Right Choice Mortgage, a direct lender. We stand out in the mortgage business. We've created products that no one else has, like mortgages for the self-employed, starting in the threes. File for bankruptcy, short sold, or had a foreclosure? And if you're only one day out, we have mortgages starting in the threes. How about getting cash out on your investment property so you can buy another one? Starting in the fours. If you have great credit or mediocre, I'm sure you've heard about rates being the lowest in years. Give me a call. Let me show you how low you can go. 833-886-3863. 833 886 fund Make the right choice. I'll get you what you need. Let's update your mortgage today. 833 886 886
1: 363 833 886 Fund. Right Choice Mortgage is licensed by the VRE 01943736 and MLS 1132583 and is an equal opportunity lender national competition for your business is eating away at your customer base faster than you can keep up. It's as if they have a backroom of digital marketing minions swallowing your customers one by one, and it's not a pretty sight. What if you could beat them with your own minions? You need Salem Surround, a full-service digital agency with all your digital marketing under one roof. When a potential customer searches for your product, do they find your business or the competition? Is your contact information accurate and everywhere it should be to reach today's digital consumer does your website have all the right tools to turn visitors into leads we've got some solutions contact salem surround for a free evaluation of your digital presence and to help get your message in front of today's digital audience we'll help deliver customers by putting your business message in the right place at the right time don't just invest in a marketing strategy you need to surround your target audience learn more at SurroundSanDiego.com. SurroundSanDiego.com connecting you with new customers
0: AM
10: 11:70 The Answer Andrea K the donut queen of San Diego It's the Andrea K show on The Answer San Diego
2: Welcome back welcome back welcome back This is DJ Carrot Sticks aka well, This is Todd James aka DJ Carrot Sticks filling in for Andrea K show and this segment we're going to talk about Death of a Mascot it's very, our very own San Diego state aztec mascot and on the phone we have marissa mendoza former president of the sdsu native american student alliance hello marissa hi you're the former president correct
11: yeah i was the president for the last two years prior to this current school year
2: all right and also on the phone we have carlos gutierrez former aztec mascot hello carlos
12: what's going on my aztec fans
2: yeah how's it going buddy
12: Another great day. How are you,
2: brother? I'm always good. So first, I want to ask Marissa. We don't have that much time, so I'm going to get right into it. Um, for those that don't know, that aren't from San Diego, um, it's been going on for some time now, where um, the Aztec mascot and the name has been asked to be removed by some uh, students, um, saying that it's uh, offensive. And um, and Marissa was one of the students. I kind of spearheaded it. Um, so Marissa, first, I have to ask. Did you know the school that the school's mascot was at the Aztecs before you uh, joined SDSU?
11: I absolutely
2: did you did okay and he, and you he still chose to go there even though that the Aztec uh, mascot was offensive to you.
11: Correct because most people uh, choose to go to an institution for their academics and financial reasons, not necessarily a mascot.
2: Yeah, that's true. That that makes a lot of sense. Okay, so Amen. why should they abandon the almost hundred-year-old name and mascot? So uh, right now, as it stands, th- there is no mascot during sports. Correct. Correct. So, but the name Aztecs is still associated with the school.
11: Right. So there's two different things. There's a moniker and there's a mascot. Then the resolution that went through the university senate rid of the mascot, but the moniker is a whole different issue because it entitled branding. And trademarks and money. So,
2: so, why why would they? Why should they abandon the name?
11: Uh, there's two blatant reasons, and the foremost one is that it's racist and it's very dehumanizing to Indigenous peoples. Um, most people will say that it's honoring or that it's tradition, but when we look at the concept of honoring, that infers that the receiving party has positive affirmation and they're accepting of that. And most of us aren't because there's nothing positive about what we experience as far as our societal oppression because of the dehumanization that the mascot causes
2: Carlos how would you respond to that
12: I'm just talking basically in regards to the culture and San Diego State and what it represents is going history back about to the 14th century and I'm about the belief of learning about history and carrying it on into the future so I say go Aztecs, and I say that the university would step it up in regards to more free education, that maybe online, uh, with more professors talking about specifically the um, history and then the indigenous part, and we could talk about you know the geography, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, to promote what the Aztecs are about into the past and now into the future. So I'm not going to get into anything other than that, except be positive about what it is move it into the future instead of trying to kill something that most people shouldn't be offended by. But I can't speak for others. That's just my feeling. And I'm going to move forward because there's a lot of Aztec fans, a lot of Aztec alumni, a lot of people that are Mexican. And we are, you know, so close to Mexico and was a part of Mexico. The past is the past. You don't take offense to that. You just move on with what you have to move on with. There's also a lot of
11: indigenous people and indigenous women who experience murder at the highest rate in the country and rape at the highest rate in the country because we are objectified as an entire ethnicity. And because we experience those horrors and atrocities, because we are celebrating a mascot at the expense of still existent indigenous people. It's so easy to objectify when you can put a costume on, but you can't take it oh, off hilarious. at the end of the day when that's your identity.
2: Right. So, so Marissa, is there any mascot that you would say that's not, besides a color or an animal, what, what mascot do you think you would you prefer?
11: I don't think that that's something that's up to Indigenous people to decide. If the university has administrators and wealthy alumni who are able to make You know decisions about budgets and multi-million dollar donors then they're coherent enough to make a decision without having to have indigenous support now there's so many options that don't have to disrespect or be racist towards anyone I think they're capable of making that decision on their own
2: do you think they would be able is there a way for them to keep the name Aztecs and not have it be offensive to you no no way so You know in San Diego you know the Chargers left we have the Padres but we don't have much of a culture in the city as far as sports go and whatnot my mom went to San Diego State I'm a third-generation San Diego native I'm very proud myself of the name Aztecs and some of the players Marshall Falk and some of the other amazing football players that have come from that school are you does it factor in at all that you that there's that history Marissa, do you there consider that at that all? There can
11: that history, but we can separate that history and experience those people's celebrations and those people's accomplishments without having to take an identity and oppress other people using it. The fact that people have to come together, right? People forget that the idea of Native mascots came about in the 1900s because we were believed to be a vanishing race. We're not a vanishing people, we're still here. So the tradition of having Native mascots is the tradition of our invalidation and the tradition and I put that in quotations that's rooted in our genocide of us not being a present people and we are very present people we still speak our languages
2: now so isn't one of the stadiums there at San Diego State isn't the, the uh, Pechanga uh, stadium or something like that the, what's the, the, uh,
11: the Viejas, Viejas. Viejas I'm
2: sorry Viejas
12: okay, now, yeah.
2: okay so now that's got to be a large group of american indians that consist of that why would they why would they put money into a school of a mascot that offends them so i don't i'm just guessing that it doesn't offend them as much as it offends you why is it
6: that
11: um ironically enough i am Kumeyaay, (laughs) but i i will intervene and i will say that we should not use one individual identity or tribe or group of Native peoples and tokenize their opinion to validate the oppression of the mass majority of everyone else. And a lot of people seem to forget that the local tribes, they do put money into San Diego State because it is the most affordable and local institutional option for us as local Indigenous students. So what are they going to do? They're going to put money into an institution and provide quality services for their native students to go
2: to. So I know that even that land was supposed to be, is where uh, the Kumey, uh where San Diego State is, it, that, that tribe was closer than the Aztecs were. But I, my question is, why do you get to say, Well, c- wouldn't it be offensive to someone to change the Aztecs name, so, uh, an American Indian? I'm sure some people would be upset about it. So why is it that you and your group supersede the others that have a different opinion on the Aztec name?
11: It's not about superseding. It's about providing a voice to people who do not have the platform and the privilege to express their oppressions that they experience because of Native mascots being in place. So whether people believe that we superseded or not, it's the fact that there are a lot of other people who feel this way. And the fact that you can look at statistical data, right? If you look at the National Crime Information Center, they reported in twenty sixteen that there was five thousand seven hundred and twelve missing and murdered indigenous women. Only hundred and sixteen of those were logged in the Department of Justice system. Right? And these are the results of objectifying and dehumanizing native people as an ethnicity. Okay. Well that's why it's not about superseding, it's about providing a voice to get rid of an epidemic that plays into the dehumanization and basically the continued genocide of a very small portion of our country, but we're the original people of this land.
2: Yeah, I and I mean, that some people could argue
12: uh, argue that, because... Uh, let me ask you a question, Todd. Marissa, have you ever been to Mexico City before?
11: I have not, but I can tell you, I do remember you saying that um, it's humanistic, and that you've learned from the best Aztec dances in the world... Um, but I can also say that I think your definition of humanistic isn't exactly correct because devotion to human welfare is what humanistic is. And this, all of the results of this being in place, that's not human welfare. That's okay. our detriment and that's, that's cool. our. Detriment.
12: I understand. Okay. I understand where you're coming from. Okay, hold on a second. You should just go there, bring a lot of your NASA members to Mexico City and speak to the natives that are there in the Círculos and the Colegio de México, speak to them about the culture of the Aztecs and hear it from them about what San Diego State is doing in San Diego and in America promoting i'm aware okay
2: we're gonna we're gonna we're down to one minute so sorry marissa you're gonna have to cut you off there but i do have to say carlos i know you put a lot of effort into working with um native american groups to get the the ask the aztec mascot more accurate i know you're very proud of san diego and the school i give you a lot of props on that and you know marissa i give you props on what you're doing you're you're, you're standing up and sticking up for your beliefs so completely,
12: and you should and you should speak what you believe in However, the thing, what I'm going to say is that it's there. We have what it is. It's not going to go away. We just need to promote the culture. We need to promote all aspects of ever. And It's so culturally correct now with so many different ethnicities going to San Diego State and also in San Diego. that We need to promote them all.
3: But we've got a university. Okay. All right. Well,
2: I really appreciate you. Uh, Thank you, Marissa and Carlos, for coming on. When we get back, it's Hurston on Hollywood. Did you know China censors American films? Well, there's a big-time producer that says, no, he won't edit his film. And we'll tell you what movie and what producer when we come back. Here on the Andrea K. Show.
0: Andrea K. Follow her on Twitter at Andrea K. Show. And like her Facebook fan page at Andrea K. Spelled K A Y E.
1: The goal of your small business is to make money. So why do you give so much of it to the IRS? The small business tax specialists at AV Arias offer proven, proactive, performance-driven strategies so you keep more of your hard-earned money and give less to the IRS. Call Al Arias at AV Arias Company, your small business tax specialists. 619-296-2123. 619-296-2123. Online at
3: avariasco.com. Hi, this is Dennis Prager, Heard Weekdays at 9 a.m. If you're looking for intelligent and conservative answers, you can find them right here on The Answer San Diego. If you live in North County, you can hear those answers on FM 96.1 and still on AM 1170 when in San Diego. That means you get Hewitt, Gallagher, Elder, Gorka, Schneider, Kay, Horn, Martin, and me, Dennis Prager. On FM 96.1 in North County and AM 1170 in San Diego, we are The Answer San Diego. This report is sponsored by the Word on Wealth Financial
8: Network.
6: Hi friends, Marty Schneider here. Got a question for you today. Can you afford another loss in your investment portfolio like the one you might have taken back in 2008? Well, hopefully, now that you're a little bit older and a little bit wiser, I'm going to bet the answer is no. Marty Schneider here, the retirement professor, as people near retirement taking the same kind of risk that they took when they were younger can really create some complications in your retirement years. There is a strategy designed for somebody just like you in two 2008, When the stock market crashed, clients using this strategy didn't lose a penny. And when the market goes up, you share and participate in those gains, and you lock those gains in every year. Really great strategy for people at or near retirement age. Give me a call for your free consultation, and I'll show you how to make it work for you. You can reach me at 800-727-PLAN, 800-727-7526. That's the news for the day. I'm the retirement professor, Marty Schneider. Call me for your free consultation, 800-727-PLAN. That's 800-727-7526.
10: because the LASIK Vision Institute is offering dramatically low prices and an absolutely free consultation. Just text VISION11 to 350350. The LASIK Vision Institute has already performed over a million procedures. They use the latest FDA-approved LASIK technology that helps the majority of patients achieve 2020 vision for a fraction of what others charge. Better vision, better value. The LASIK Vision Institute. Make this the year you finally get LASIK. For a free consultation plus an extra 20% discount, text VISION11. To 350350. You'll see, for free, if LASIK is right for you. That's VISION11 to 350350. It's good to ask for advice, but what if you're getting advice from the wrong people? That's why I wrote the book, Financial Detox, and why I'm inviting you to listen to our radio program. Hi, I'm Jason Labrum of Intelligence Driven Advisors. Join us for Financial Detox Saturday afternoons at 1.30. At Intelligence Driven Advisors, we give you a written plan, one that's research-based and truly customized, giving you the highest probability of achieving your goals. Call us at 877-707-8889. Learn more at IDAWealth.com. That's IDAWealth.com.
0: AM 1170,
10: The Answer. Andrea Kay, telling you like it is, all while eating a
2: donut. The Andrea Kay Show on The Answer San Diego. And welcome back to The Andrea Kay Show. This is DJ Carrot Sticks. Todd James is my real name, filling in for Andrea Kay. I have to give her a big shout out for giving me the opportunity to fill in. And when I was looking for guests to come on the show, you know, I had a call out to. Good old James Herson. Mr. Herson, how are you doing?
14: Hey, I'm doing well. It's good old James Herson, and I'm glad to be with you, Todd. Well, so the big news, you know,
2: you know, one of those countries that it's always in the news is... China. It's always... China. A lot of... <laughs> China. In the news. So you wrote an article, and it's about a famous producer that's pushing back on China who's asking him to, to edit one of his films. Now, I didn't even know China did this. So they watch oh, our films. On. They they watch our films, and then they tell the producers who made that film to go back and edit these certain things out before the Chinese people can watch them.
14: All the time. Look, China's become the second biggest film market in the world. So Hollywood wants you know the big studios. They want to release their films there, and it's gotten to the point. I mean, it's really out of hand in Hollywood. Uh, Producers, production companies and studios, they actually send scripts that they're thinking of green lighting over to China censors to get the green light. Wow. So what happens? So what if the China censors say, no good, we don't want this, then either it gets altered or it gets shelved, which means... A portion of our entertainment media content is being controlled by a totalitarian communist dictatorship, China. And this has been—I just give you two examples. There's so many I could give you. Uh, One is uh, you may remember years ago there was a film. It was a hit called Red Dawn. Yeah. And red. Yeah. And so Red Dawn. The premise of Red Dawn was that the Russian communists back then, When and, and it was made uh, post-Cold War, but it's still thick. And the idea was that Russians invaded the United States and American teenagers defended our nation. <laughs> a little, but that's the fun of the movie. Yeah. So they wanted to reboot it. Yeah, I remember. The, so they,
2: yeah, they did the reboot.
14: They did the reboot. So it's not that long ago. Uh, in And so when they did the reboot, you know, Russia had it was no longer uh, the Soviet Union. It wasn't expansive. And at the time, they didn't see it as a, as a good invader. So they made it Chinese.
2: Ah. So
14: you can see what's coming now. And, th- and back then they still wanted to release it in China. But it wasn't – there hadn't been as much banning as there is today. And so they were caught a little bit with their pants down because they, they basically finished the production. They did everything. They edited the film. They were ready to release it. And one of the executives said, hey, we're going to be releasing it in China. Maybe we should make sure they see a cut. And the Chinese officials said, oh, no, we're going to ban this. Because we cannot have Chinese villains.
2: Wow. And it, I mean, it all comes so they, down to money, right? I mean, they want the money from, well, from the Chinese viewers.
14: Now so the, the, they went back, they recut certain scenes, they used CGI, computer generated <laughs> imaging, to change the Chinese into North Koreans. Oh, my God. And they got it released. There's another movie, World War Z. You remember this zombie yeah. movie with mm-hmm. Brad Pitt? Yeah, it was a great one. That movie had to be changed. To be released in 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 China because part of the original uh, film, as it was shot, had the origin patient zero of those high speed zombies in yeah. that movie coming from China. Ah,
2: you can't do that. Can't do that.
14: Another and another so, good example. Do you remember an actor named Richard Gere? Yeah, uh,
2: from Pretty Woman. Yeah. yeah,
14: yeah. So you know, a superstar at that time with Pretty Woman. A guy who made a speech at an Oscar ceremony. One speech, he was never seen again at the Oscars. Really? His career tanked. When's the last time you saw Richard Gere in anything? No, nothing. It's been a while. You know, he's pretty much, he does independent films, maybe a Lifetime movie or something. He's he's relegated to uh, a completely different area of Hollywood because he praised in a speech the Dalai Lama. Dalai uh, Lama represents Tibet. China yeah. hates Tibet. They're persecuting Tibetans. And Richard Gere became persona non grata. Winnie the Pooh has been banned. Why? Because he doesn't wear pants? Actually, that's a, as good a reason as any. But, <laughs> you know, the movie Winnie the Pooh, the books, Christopher Robin books, the image of Winnie the Pooh is Band. And the reason is, uh, some university in China managed to post on the internet, on their social media, some criticism of uh, Xi Jinping, the dictator, That he, and they said he looked like Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> so, so that was innocent. it. He After that, no more yeah. Winnie the so Pooh, huh? she doesn't like being compared to Winnie the Pooh. That's so funny. And that's his approach me. So Quentin Tarantino...
2: Yeah, this is your, your most re- recent article that people can find on jamesherson.com. That's
14: right, Todd. So Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, also Brad Pitt is in that, and Leo DiCaprio, and it's a violent film. You could, kids cannot go see this film. But it's one of Quentin Tarantino's. He loves the 1960s. He loves Hollywood. And he wants to reimagine justice being... Delivered to the Manson family in a way that you know, so he's basically altering history. Okay, and he alters characters, and in the process, he created kind of a caricature of Bruce Lee. So when the film was uh, done, it was supposed to actually, interestingly enough, it was supposed to hit the screens in China today. Oh, okay. And but but it didn't make it because the Chinese censors told um, Sony Pictures. Uh, You got to change this part about Bruce Lee.
2: Now, in your article, you said it was Bruce Lee's daughter that actually went to the.
14: Well, the reports are that Bruce Lee's daughter complained to the Chinese officials, but they're you know very receptive to any complaints about, and especially when it deals with somebody that they consider you know an icon. Bruce Lee, who was portrayed as a kind of an arrogant, bragging kind of dude. And so it was real easy for them because, you know, after banning Winnie the Pooh, it's easy yeah. to ban a Quentin Tarantino movie. But Quentin Tarantino had negotiated what is called final cut rights.
2: OK, that's smart I'm an
14: entertainment lawyer by trade, so I understand this. And that means, you know, the final modifications to the movie belongs to Tarantino, not to Sony. Sony would have caved to China, but Tarantino did not. He told them, no, they banned it. Now, do you so think it doesn't get released?
2: Do you think it's because now I, I saw in your article, you said De Django and chain, actually, it, it did get edited and it didn't do that. Well, it was a flop in China. Now, do you think that right. factors in to Quentin Tarantino's like, Hey, I'm not going to make that much money on this anyways. I'm going to stick up for the integrity it, of this film. Or
14: it may, but, they, you know, the experts believe that Once Upon a Time in Hollywood would have done much better. Um, part of the reason is because Chinese audiences love Leo DiCaprio. Okay. And they've, he, he's gotten high, box office in China. Um, I think it would have because I think Chinese audiences also love a film that has Hollywood in the title. Okay. And they probably like Brad Pitt, too. Um, and and so, but I think you know I put that in my article because I wanted to encourage Quentin to hang tough.
2: Yeah, that's good. Good for him.
14: Frankly, you know, this is on the heels of the whole controversy with the NBA. Yeah, and the embarrassment we have of hearing uh, people you know who are used to be respected athletes, uh, people like Charles Barkley, LeBron James, say the most foolish things and uh, and make themselves into consummate hypocrites.
2: Yeah, and, the, and they fine. kind of touted themselves as being, you know, social justice warriors a couple years ago, you know, uh, freedom of speech when it came to Black Lives Matters and whatnot, and the, the players were wearing T-shirts and whatnot, and the, the uh, NBA said, that's fine, you know, we're, we're a very progressive sport. But now when it comes to freedom of speech, all of a sudden, in, in Taiwan, all of a sudden, or Hong Kong, all of a sudden becomes – no, you know, we don't want to be a part of that. So
14: it's... They've it's ru- They've ruined the franchise of the NBA. They've it's crazy. It That's because, why... Because it doesn't... I and mean, When you see... I mean, no one could be more sympathetic than protesters in Hong Kong singing the national anthem, waving American flags... And now they're doing that and they're burning LeBron James' jerseys.
2: And, you know, we need to support them. Why aren't we supporting them more over here on social media and whatnot? You don't ever see any posts? Nothing like that. We need to support them more. If you really are for free speech, free speech around the world. But we got to leave it at that, James. Find out more articles. Read more articles at JamesHerson.com. Herson, H-I-R-S-E-N. James, thank you so much for coming on the Andrea K Show. All right. Thank you, Todd. You have a good evening. Thank you, my friend. And stay tuned because coming up next, we've got a producer of a film you have to see. Producer of No Safe Spaces when we get right back to the Andrea K. Show.
9: Your life
0: is an important one. Here at The Answer San Diego, we want to hear how this station is making a direct and positive impact on your life. Each day, our programs and hosts enter your busy world of responsibilities and challenges. And every day, it's our wish that what you hear on this station positively affects you and your family. We may be your main source of much-needed information, or we may provide you a perspective about the world that's truthful and timely. Maybe it's giving you unique insights at just the right time. These interactions happen regularly, and we love for you to tell us about it. Here's what we want you to do. Visit TheAnswerSanDiego.com and type in the keyword STORY for all the details. Then record a video message and share your story with us. For sharing your impact story with us, you'll automatically be eligible to win a grand prize of a $1,000 gift card. So share your story today. Visit TheAnswerSanDiego.com and use the keyword story for all the details, contest rules, and to submit your video. That's TheAnswerSanDiego.com. Keyword story.
8: This is Dan Proft for townhall.com. Lori Lightfoot was elected mayor of Chicago in April to much national fanfare as a triumph of identity politics. She labeled herself a triple threat because she's black, gay, and female. Now, six months in and amid Chicago's second teacher strike in seven years, Lightfoot has discovered math doesn't care about her intersectionality, and neither does the Chicago Teachers Union. Chicago teachers, already the highest pay in the nation adjusted for cost of living, rejected a 16% pay increase over five years that would bring the average teacher salary to nearly $100,000. That doesn't include the net present value pension of more than $2 million guaranteed for which teachers contributed only 2% of their salaries. The Chicago public school system currently has nearly $20 billion in bills and less than $3 billion to pay for them. Chicago's Democrat politics have done a torch shop on the city finances, rivaling what fire did to the physical city in 1871. Lightfoot is just the latest pyromaniac. I'm Dan Prof. Learn more at publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu.
7: Bill Holland with the answer on Wall Street: Stocks end higher today, advances ahead of declines, three to two, and the S and P flirting with record levels. The continuing sparkling earnings season, coupled with reported progress on China trade talks, certainly fueled the gain. Eighty percent of those reporting so far were halfway through this thing, have beat the Street low bar estimates. Amazon opened down a hundred points, ended down twenty. Some computers were disappointed. Profits there were only up 26%. Intel up 8%, and that's a beat. Caterpillar up 6 points on no news. helped the Dow. Visa, Triple M, the banks, they all gave him a boost. Illumina here in San Diego posted a double beat and positive guidance, but the blockage of the Pacific Biosense merger costed 8%. Tesla up 80 points in two days after a blowout quarter. Short sellers lost $1.6 billion on that. Bill Holland with The Answer on Wall Street.
0: AM 1170, The Answer.
7: And welcome back to The Andrea Kay Show.
2: This is DJ Carrot Sticks filling in for Andrea K. And that clip you just heard was from the No Safe Spaces trailer. And with me now on the phone is Bob Perkins, the editor and one of the producers of No Safe Spaces. First of all, welcome to the show, Bob. Thank you so much for having me, Todd. Now, for people that don't know much about Dennis Prager, didn't read the No Safe Spaces book, can you tell them what is No Safe Spaces about?
13: So No Safe Spaces is a journey into what's going on in the country. Um, I think there's a lack of awareness of the culture, um, some cultural Marxism um, taking root, um, starting in our education system, college campuses, and even earlier, and then what's happening beyond um, the education system, how it goes out into society. and. W- no safe spaces. The name it comes from this idea that there are safe spaces being created in these universities to protect people from ideas, ideas that might um, offend people or make them uncomfortable. And what this film is saying is that's a very dangerous approach. And uh, our country is built on the, um, the concept of a free exchange of ideas, a marketplace of ideas. So this is a pushback um, to what's going on in the country as we see it.
2: You know, it was a great movie. Me and Andrew went to the screen last Tuesday at Plaza. Bonita, which uh, it'll be opening up uh, November 1st down there at Plaza Bonita as well. It just seems so ironic in a place where it's meant for learning to only have a certain perspective allowed. And the thing that kind of scares me is that you have these people that are so animated, that are so hyped up and ready to do something, but they're going off of false information. You know, that's a scary thought. Is this one of the reasons why you made the film, just so that kind of get that... Out to people that, hey, you know, this is all one-sided. You need to be more well-rounded with your learning.
13: Absolutely. Um, I think... I think back to when I went to school, which <laughs> you know, at certain times, like oh, it wasn't that long ago, but it really was. And at the time, it was like it really was about exploring ideas and figuring what you believe and what makes sense and what ideas work and what doesn't. But it's it's shifted since then in a major way. And um, this whole notion of like, um, you know, this is the appropriate way to think, like this group think mentality. Like, what's more important is the group identity as pose your individual identity, and if you don't hold to that, if you don't toe the line in that regard, then you're going to be ostracized. You're going to be outcast. You're going to be um, not accepted and ridiculed or shamed, and that really forces people, you know, into an area of silence where they, they don't feel like they can really <laughs> share their ideas, or maybe they get um, convinced to think another way that maybe is contrary to what they the values they hold, and that that has a counter. That, that effect on um, this whole point of learning and what you're going to college for is very limiting and, I think, dangerous because you can't really explore the good ideas um, and then have a good effect of what you learn.
2: Yeah, when that I, makes sense. It, yeah it does. And I, I went to college not, not that long ago, but there's no longer debates and civil discourse. It's now you don't agree with what I say, I'm going to punch you in the face. What What happened?
13: In my opinion, after doing this movie, it seems like the perception of um, what uh, people, how people think differently than you, is not just someone who holds a different opinion. Is that? Uh, they are now um, evil or they're out to get you. And if that's the case, then it's justifiable to <laughs> you know, punch someone in the face. One of the moments we have in the film is, uh, you know, this uh, idea that you can reduce someone to an inhuman form, I call them a Nazi, that could lead the, someone to justify their actions um, to do something actually violent to someone else. Um, there's this false perception that like words are violence and words aren't violence but that has become kind of normative now that um, oh if you say something that makes me anxious or uneasy then you are doing a microaggression toward me and therefore I am justified to be able to do something back at you to escalate it because I'm protecting myself and that's a mentality that's starting taking hold a lot on college
2: campuses. It is scary and what do you think the faculty and the staff have to gain from limiting free speech on campus and producing these narrow-minded students?
13: That's a great question. Um, i like to think if you go into the profession, which I think is a very noble profession to be able to teach and impart wisdom to someone, you want um, everything to be on the table. But um, I would guess what they gain is uh, control. I think they, um, there's this, maybe the this satisfaction of like, hey, we're imparting a certain worldview or an agenda. Into society, and that will take hold, and therefore, in a roundabout way, justify or um, put into action things that I want to see take place in society. So, uh, I, I don't know how easy it would be to unpack that, but I think there's a sense of like, this is. W- like kind of this false sense of utopia. If we can achieve this, then it's worth having people think a certain way. And then they, um, it's worth you know holding to one worldview and not accepting other ones that you know are worth discussion and worth debate.
2: For those just tuned in, I'm talking with Bob Perkins, one of the editors and producers of the movie No Safe Spaces, which premieres here in San Diego on November 1st down at Plaza Bonita. In the process of making this film, did your perspective change? Was there something that you, you learned in the process of making this film?
13: There was a lot of things we learned, but I think the biggest thing I learned, and this was a point of encouragement, encouragement for me, I mean, there was a sense of depression, like, oh my gosh, is it really like this? But on the flip side, there is this uh, kind of silent majority out there. There's this um, collective of people that have been silenced or they feel afraid to speak up. And there's a lot more people out there that might have an opinion that either is in line with yours, or at least is for the idea of free expression um, of ideas. And there's maybe more people out there than you realize. And if, if people can start speaking up then, mm-hmm. and sharing what they believe and you know having healthy, rigorous debates, you might not be as uh, alone as you think you are.
2: Yeah, you know, if anything, uh, when I left the movie, I had the feeling of, you know what, I need to speak my mind more. If I say a certain thing, there is going to be a pushback. But from what I got from the film, it's like, you know what, be courageous. And if that's something you, you stand for and you truly believe in, then you speak on it.
13: Exactly, exactly. You know, we still have a country that holds these beliefs and these values, and you can still speak up and show your mind. And it might not be as scary as you think it is. And you might discover other allies in that as well.
2: This is your chance to show that we are going to support free speech. And a way to do that is by going to see No Safe Spaces. If you're here in San Diego, you can see it November 1st at Plaza Bonita. Everybody else, if you want to look at theaters and times, you can go to nosafespaces.com. I just would like to
13: reemphasize just how important it is to... Just by even going to theater and seeing a movie like this, that does make a statement. That sends a message that people do want to hear this, um, hear these ideas, and it, it will it will make an impact.
2: All right. You heard that, Andrea K. listeners. Let's go to the theater and make a statement. Bob Perkins, thank you very much for taking out time in your busy schedule to come on the Andrea K. show. Thanks for having me, Todd. I really appreciate it. Take care, Bob. And I've got to thank Suzy, our program uh, promotions director, for correcting me. It's not Plaza Bonita. It's Parkway Plaza. You get me 10 miles away from the coast, and I start getting confused, even though I'm a San Diego native. Such a beach boy. Real quick, DJ Potato Skins, who is your stink
10: of the week? Stink of the week has got to be uh, the Democrat Party as a whole to think that they can actually get away with or do any good with impeaching President Donald Trump.
2: Shame on them. So the whole Democratic Party. Okay. Yep. My stink is actually, and I have to do this because they're my lifetime stinkers, Kevin Kevin Faulkner. <laughs> Because he's one third of the problems while we got the Chargers left. And Juan Vargas, I cannot stand those career Agreed. politicians. Agreed. My hero of the week is actually Bob Perkins and all the staff that put together, Adam Carolla, Dennis Prager, that put together the movie No Safe Spaces. This is an amazing movie that you really need to get your friends and family to go see. And it doesn't matter what you know what your politics are, you you should be concerned about not having free speech. Um do you have a Hero of the Week?
10: Hero of the Week has got to be Vice President Mike Pence for uh, blasting back at the NBA and uh, standing up for what's right and and, and Nike. Uh, congratulations to him.
2: Yes, and it comes back to free speech. And that's kind of Amen. what this whole show was about today. Free speech and, and the right to stand up for what you believe in. You know, I, let's take the high road. You know, I'm not talking about kumbaya and all this kind of stuff. But how about we get back to open debates and civil discourse as human beings? I know we don't disagree with everybody 100%. We disagree with people, but it's maybe 10%, 90% we agree with these people. And not everybody is kind in this world. It's a cruel world sometimes. Not everyone's kind, but you can be. So let's be kind. Let's discuss. Stand up for what you stick up for. Andrew K. will be back Monday at 6 p.m. Thank you.